Welcome to the Human Behind the Chair podcast. And with me today is my special friend, Nicholas Brisbois. Hello. Say hello to everyone. Hello, ah, everybody. We've been trying to make this work for a while and just COVID's been in the way. Mm. So we're doing it through uh, a Zoom call today. Ah, and I'm so excited to hear, to let you guys hear about Nick's story. I've known Nick for a long time. We've known each other since hairdressing school, which is kind of crazy. So eight years. Yeah, I know. <laughs> a long time. So crazy. And you've always grown up, I know, in Vaudreuil, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes, your whole life. And I remember you used to tell me that back in the day, it used to be like all fields. Yeah, so I've been in Vaudreuil now for, well, uh, <clears throat> 30 years. Uh, just turned 30 <laughs> now. Oh, so it hurts still to say it still. But yeah, I've been in Vaudreuil now for uh, 30 years. And back in my day, and I can say this now because, you know, I'm 30, um, where every one of you is going shopping, we used to go horseback riding in that field. So it was like a lot of horses, a lot of dirt, uh, a whole lot of hay fever, um, which is kind of crazy to think about that now, how big Vaudreuil is. Um, it's just, it, it, it was so little. Like, we were, uh, my family, f- f- funny enough, we were like the first English settlers in Vaudreuil. Like, we were in the news and like, we were, my, my mom was like the only English-speaking person in Vaudreuil, which is like, Stop. Yeah, it was hilarious. So for us, like, we, I've been in Vaudreuil my whole life. I finally uh, got my dream house, which is great now, which is yes. on the... Yeah, exactly. My dream house, where it's on my, like, crescent where I used to live with all my friends. And, like, uh, yeah, like, it's just it's just nuts. It's crazy. It's crazy to think it, that. It is crazy. It's... Uh, I can't imagine Vaudreuil being what it is now, being all fields. I can't. I can't see it. I don't know Vaudreuil any other way, which is, it's so weird to me. Like, um, if you know Vaudreuil at all, and you know the Chateau Vaudreuil, um, so that didn't exist when I was here. Like, it wasn't a thing. Oh, so that's newer too. Well, new-ish. Yeah, newer, new- new- <laughs> <laughs> new-ish. <laughs> oh, it hurts. Okay. <laughs> So growing up, I think uh, for a long time, you always grew up in the... I remember you guys grew up in the same building and then you were on top and your grandma was under you, right? Yeah. So we lived in a five and a half... We had a house uh, previously when my parents were married and then, you know, in the 90s, everyone got divorced. Um, <laughs> and uh, when, when they divorced, my mom and my grandmother, which is actually my uh, dad's mom, not even my mom's oh. mom um she should be lived together so we bought a my mom rented out an apartment on the second floor and she rented out the first floor so uh we had a two four six unit uh apartment building let's say and uh, everyone who was in there was all divorcees with young kids so i always said like i lived in a in a 13 bedroom house because uh, every yes. door was open 24 <laughs> 7 so um i was I, I wasn't even the youngest there we had two younger kids uh, under us uh, under me as well 
Um, but yeah, like everyone was like almost in like a co-op. Everyone was one big family unit. We all learned how to ride bikes together. We all learned how to rollerblade together, um, horseback riding and whatnot. So honestly, that's like my favorite. I love that sense of community growing up. I think that's uh, like so amazing. That's uh, my favorite. And how was it when your parents had divorced? Were you super young when that had happened? I was five. Or? Yeah, I was five. So all I knew was... Do you was, remember? I, I, which is, I just talked about this recently with my mom. I, the only thing I remember when I was about five is that when we moved into the new apartment, um, I had a new room. That's all I remember out of the divorce, it's like per se. Um, right. And I remember when we moved in, like, my aunt and uncles from Ottawa on my mom's side came that day and helped us move. But I'm, I, I'm five, like, so I'm, like, more um, in, uh, preoccupied with where my beanie babies are going to go versus, like... <laughs> yes, beanie I'm, babies! <laughs> you know, like, versus, like, oh, my God, I, I, my parents are divorced. Like, I, pff, I, I, I'm five. I don't really care. So, uh, yeah, I remember that. And then... Um, I remember the apartment the way it was originally because there was a little bit of upgraded over, over the years. But I remember how it was originally. I remember those heinous, heinous flowered uh, love seat that we had in our living room. Oh my God, it was ridiculous. They were so <laughs> ugly. I mean, very trendy for the 90s, but so ugly now. Um, but yeah, but my mom still lives in the same apartment. She's been there now for 25 years. So it's, 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 it's amazing. Yeah. It's my home. It's my house. It's my home. It is. And do you find that um, because you were so young when that had happened, do you, did you deal with the divorce when you got older? Did you find that it like affected you at all growing up? Are you saying I have daddy issues? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it. You said it. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, uh, sure. Um, I was never close to my dad. That being said, I was raised by my mom and my grandma. So I was like, if you think about it, I was raised by three generation of women. So my grandma, my mom, and my sister. Um, do I have daddy issues? I'm, who doesn't? Like, we all have something. Um, <laughs> um, uh, did I deal with it? Uh, I mean, I, wish, I never went to therapy for it, if that's the question. But um, no, I, it never really affected me because I had multiple dads uh, around me. So like a lot of my friends' uh, parents who were divorced, um, like I called them mom and I called them dad as well. So like for me, I had multiple father figures in my life. Um, but my dad and I were, uh, the last time I saw him, I was 11. And uh, I'm 30, so you do the math because I don't do math at uh, this early in the morning. <laughs> so you found father figures through your friends. That's I think that's really cool. I think that sometimes we need that to see, you know, how we're going to grow up and how life is mm -hmm. going to be around us and seeing different figures, right? You need that mother and father figure, whether it's your own or not. Sometimes mm -hmm. people find it through their friends. Some people find their friends' parents or their siblings. Um how was it growing up with your sister? She's a little older than you. She is uh, much older. No, I'm kidding. She's uh, four uh, years. Oh my God. <laughs> Call her out. Yes. <laughs> She's four years older than I am. Um, growing up with a sister is always interesting, especially when you are a boy. Um, because being the youngest, you tend to, um, well, you know, razz each other. 
And I was always the perfect child. <laughs> yes, of course you were. <laughs> of course, I was always the perfect child. And um, yeah, my sister and I got into a couple of fights, just like any siblings does. But uh, I, I, you know, I still love I love my sister, and with her with her baby now, she's you know, her, her, my niece is three now, and she's married and whatnot. Like we're we're a tight knit family. We have to because we only have each other. But like, just like any sibling, like sometimes they know the crap out of you and you just want to punch them, but you can't. But you wish you could. But I, but you punching them in your head, but you can't. Like, <laughs> you, like in my in my head, I'm punching right now, though I can't, but I am. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm bitch slapping her, but she doesn't know it yet. <laughs> she does, but she does not know it yet. <laughs> exactly. Did you did you find it like were you guys close when you were as were teenagers as well, or you only mostly got close when you got like past the teenage stage, more older? Oh, much older, actually. Um, I think we got close when my uh, dad had a stroke. Um, and uh, that was... Uh, I, was 20, I, was with my, I was with Jeremy at that time. So between the ages of 22 and 25, and I don't remember when he had a stroke. And um, I went to see him for the first time since I was 11. So I was like, oh, great. I get to see my father when he had a stroke. So fun. But um, I'm very, it's kind of where I should put a little disclaimer on this too. I'm not very uh, emotional when it comes to my dad. So if it sounds like I'm really heartless, it's because I am. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, uh, Yeah, so (laughs) when he had a stroke, we went to see him at the hospital um jeremy my husband brought me over and um my sister was very distraught because she still had a a, like a very small relationship with him and then when when i saw her needing support because she wasn't going to get it from her her my mom which is the divorcee um and my grandmother who also had a stroke a few months prior um i knew i had to be there for her and we kind of got a little tighter over that period but, um, yeah, like adult was like when we got really close and during her pregnancy, we got really, really close because, uh, as you know, because being a guy, apparently you're not, you can't get pregnant. So I was living <laughs> yeah, Apparently the- not. That's not physically possible. One so day. They, so they say. We'll so see. they say. <laughs> exactly. Um, so we, um, when my sister got pregnant, I was very close with her and, and going through the motions and like being there and supporting for that for that as well and which is really cool as a as a brother that I'm, I'm able to be there for her um but yeah so when we got older teenager years no bueno at no all. bueno no no bueno at all we were like cats and dogs like 100 percent um but uh yeah when we got older it was way better but it well, makes you know, good stories you know you have brothers you're the same way like <laughs> But it makes for good stories, you know? We're like, I remember the time that they bullied me. Oh, yes. Do you remember this? You know, like. Yeah, I remember the time I gave her a fat lip. Yeah, I remember that time. Oh, my God. (laughs) So were you the one that bullied her or she bullied you mostly? She bullied me, but I defended myself and I wasn't very nice when I defended myself. And my mom just, my mom always said to me, like, and said to her, because I could hear it's a five and a half. You can't go very far. Um, uh. One day he's going to get bigger, and one day he's going to get you. And my sister's like, "No, he won't. No, he." Won't. And one day I got bigger, and one day I got her. <laughs> You're like, "Bam, bitch!" <laughs> yeah, literally, literally, bam, and we're done. <laughs> we're done. I love that. And did you um, did you guys both like since you guys are four years apart? Did you guys were you guys able to spend 
like high school together and elementary too or it was like too far apart that you didn't really experience school together yeah so i was always known as um my sister's little brother like her name and then oh you're so and so's little brother i was like i have a name it's thank you very much and remember it thank you um but uh it was like very interesting to to have an older sister because yeah she did protect me during like bully time um in high school but uh, like i have um uh, a strong streak or i don't want to say mean because i've never been a bully but i've been i've been like i'm not i don't lay on my back and do nothing like i'm very protective of my family whether it be my friends or whether it be my family itself um so i was very i was okay with bullying but right. there's a few times where I remember my sister, like, got into it and she, like, defended the myself and, like, pummeled someone's ass once. And Oh, damn. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. She's like, ah, yeah. So that happened once. I, that, uh, of my recollection. She made it happen a couple of times, but I don't remember. But once. Uh, yeah. Same high school. Same. same we had the same school path um, down to college. And then she went to university and I went to um, uh, hairdressing school. <laughs> I didn't know you went to Seja. Yeah. Um, what did you go for? Of, uh, something stupid. And like, <laughs> if people are if people are in college and know what an R score here in Canada, we have a like a rate that you have, and you can't go lower than sixteen. Um, so my R score was eleven. Oh Lord. Okay. <laughs> I kind of kicked some butt with that one. Like, I didn't go to school. My mom would force me to get on the train, and I would get on the train from Vaudreuil, which is a 15-minute, not even, five-minute train ride. And I would get on the station, get off at John Abbott and Saint Anne de Bellevue, go downstairs, wait for the train to leave, go back upstairs, and take the following train to go home. Oh, my Lord. You were, like, yeah. skipping school all the yeah, time. I did not, I did you not savage. Go. Why did you yeah. decide to go to Seisha if you weren't, like, uh, I really... didn't. I didn't decide. I didn't decide. My mom forced me. Oh, she was, like, you're going. Yeah. It's it. You're getting yourself. And my mom was always the same, like, the same speech my whole life. If you want a farm and a, and a good life, get yourself a good education, get yourself a good job, and then get yourself a farm and get yourself a life and, and be done with it, you know? Um, so we, I went to college to John Abbott in social science, um, with math. Oh gosh. Like. That's no uh, for us. No. That's a no. No. Like, I, we are not good at math. One plus one, uh, 42. Uh, like, like <laughs> I don't, I don't do math. I'll do angles and I'll do geometry, which is what our basis of our hair cuttings are. But like math, uh, no, thank you. Mm. Um, so that being said, uh, I went to, and, and most of my classes were sex education, uh, gym, uh, archery, um, philosophy. Then I had like English and French and, and, and macroeconomics. Ugh. Oh God, no. Thank oh you. yeah. Like just different things here and there. So my first semester, I failed everything except for two classes and I got oh brought my God. into Nick. the- <laughs> Nick! Well, I, I, well, if you think about it, I passed sex ed and gym- Oh, three classes and philosophy. Um, yeah, philosophy. And uh, I passed three classes very well, I must say, like like uh, like eighty nine and up. <clears throat> but um, the rest were absolutely horrible. Um, and then the second semester, I went in and I had yoga, <laughs> which was like I 
I'm a busybody, so sitting there for an hour and, and thinking and meditating is not my is not my cup of tea. Um, so I failed that. Um, and then I had like macro history, French, English, and I failed all of those. Like I, I never went. I, I never went in. And then I got called in by the dean, which is our principal, and he's like, maybe you should stop school. And I was like, uh-huh. can you tell my mom? <laughs> <laughs> can we have a meeting with my mom and you tell yeah, her, please? Because exactly. I, I don't want to be friend. here. <laughs> Exactly. I need to phone a friend right now. Thank you. <laughs> was your, um, cause I remember when I met you in hairdressing school, you were very French and so was your sister. Is, um, your, <gasps> like no, elementary. I am not French. <laughs> your elementary and high school in French. Is that why? Cause John Abbott's English. Yeah. So my whole, my whole schooling career was, except for college on, um, was French. So high, pre-K back then in the nineties, we had pre-kindergarten, um, it was called Les Coccinelles, which is ladybugs. Um, and then we had um, elementary school, French and French. And then high school was French as well. But my whole world was English. So oh. like my all of my friends were, yes, French, but everyone wanted to speak English. And because we were English speaking at home, um, a lot of my friends were like, oh, well, teach me how to speak English. Oh, teach me how to do this. And can, can you watch a movie in English? Can we do this in English? So my my whole world was English. So... Hence why I have, all of my English friends say I have an, a French accent when I speak in English, and then all of my French friends said I have an English, uh, English accent when I speak French, which is which is weird. Like it's just I'm like, what, what am I? Like I'm you're bilingual. It's what it is. Uh, yeah, you're bilingual. It's the, old, it's the only thing of me that's bi, but yeah, I'm bilingual. <laughs> like go figure. <laughs> go figure. But yeah, my whole my whole world is English. But if you were to meet my 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 sister. And you were to speak to her, she has the very quintessential um, French to English accent when she speaks English, which is absolutely hilarious because my mom is supremely English. My dad. She's was, so English. My mom, my mom, like zero accent, like whatsoever. You know, she's from Ontario, like it's 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 there. Um, but my my sister, it's very like. Uh, you know, love, I'm gonna go take the shower and I'm gonna go and uh, go shopping at IGA, and I'm like. But we live in the same five and a half. Like, how the hell do you have this accent when we're English? Like, I, I, I don't yeah, know. I, I, I found <laughs> okay. it so funny when I met your sister. I was like so confused because I was like, she sounds so different from you and your mom. Like, completely different. Yeah. It's like she grew up in a different household or something. Yeah. <laughs> she's adopted. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> you have a wife. Don't tell her. Yeah, exactly. Don't tell her. <laughs> And how was your how was your high school experience? In high school, uh, you know I, how we always grow up a bit, kind of becoming ourselves, and it's you're awkward, you're weird, you're angsty. How was it like for you? Um, I had uh, the opposite of that. I had the most amazing school, which is weird to say. Um, I had the most amazing school. Um, we were so <clears throat> in in our high school. We have two different schools. And I do, um, I do air quotes for schools because we have like a big campus and then we have a smaller campus. But um, our back in the day, um, what is it called? Chain Bleu in Penko? Is it Penko? Penko? One of those. I, I always get them confused. Um, the high school was being built during our year. So we had double the amount of kids that we ever had in our, in our, in our year. And then in sec, so secondary three one two yeah so in secondary three the high school opened and we lost 
half of our friends and they went to the, the public school there in Il Pencourt Bureau. And um, they, so we lost like about three or 4,000 kids in our grade. So we were like devastated. So the people who were left over, we got really, really tight in sec three. So in, in um, what do you guys call it in English? Grade 10? No, uh, grade nine. Grade nine, nine, grade nine, nine. six plus the three, uh, 42, uh, in grade nine. Exactly. So we were, and we were in a smaller school at that time. So we got really, really tight. So like I was in, um, of course I was in drama. I was in, um, I was also playing volleyball at the time and I was, I was captain and I was also playing football. Um, but not really because I was more mostly a bench warmer. Um, so we all got really, really tight knit with each other. So that was really fun. So after I would say grade nine, we had no more bullying. Everyone was one family. When, you know, in high school, when we have your like five, four, three, two, one, classes are over in, in grade uh, 11, um, everyone's like crying, but like with your own little crew, like right. our whole school, like our whole grade, we were crying and hold like... I remember this like so vividly. We were all in the in the great hall, and we were all hugging. Like everyone was touching someone together, uh, not inappropriately, just appropriately. Someone was touching everyone, like, and everyone had like we had had this like weird energy of like we don't want to um, let go, let go exactly. But now everyone's uh, married and has kids and, and moved away, so that's fine. It's cute though. It's nice to see that you guys had such a community in high school because you need that. Sp- support growing up mm-hmm. in high school high school is freaking weird yeah you know like it's and i remember you were telling me um that you also did like, a bunch of sports and you also did dancing yeah yeah so I, yeah yeah many many too many years uh many years i did uh latin international latin dancing so uh cha-cha merengue uh, salsa and all that stuff uh danced since i was very very young uh, my mom was always a dancer as well um and she you know i had the bug when i was born and i always was able to move and did a couple of internal com- competitions here and there and then uh had a partner for a uh, female partner for many many years during that and then you grow up and then you break up and then you move around and then you, you change and um yeah like it's it's a life that still seems weird from from for, from today but uh, I still miss dancing. That's the one thing I do. I miss dancing 100%. I know, because every time we hang out, you're always trying to teach me, but I'm like so stiff and yeah, robotic. No. You, yeah, you dance like an ironing board. So <laughs> I love you, but <laughs> I love you, but you dance like an ironing board. It's okay. <laughs> you got to lead You gotta lead me to where I need to go, you know? Honey, I'm still trying to, and it's not working. Did, um, I remember we were talking, and I remember you were telling me that... Um, you always felt like you always knew that you wanted to be a hairdresser. Yeah. Did you know, like, when did you know you wanted to be a hairdresser? Is that why you were didn't care about going into Seishep? That you were, like, skipping all the time? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So, I in, in high school, you know, we play around with our color and whatnot. But I never box dyed my hair. Never had the money to go to the salon. But I never box dyed my hair. Um, so I always went to the same salon, which is where I'm working now, which is Perfecto Coiffeur in Vaudreuil, and, uh, we're always open. Um, I went there to get my hair done and the girls there would be 
I know it, the whole vibe of a salon was so fun and I would get my hair done and I would ask questions and I would look at my, my hairdresser cutting someone else's hair and ask questions. And then one of my mentor, um, Laura Rondonelli, um, she, <laughs> she's like, well, maybe you should go get your class. I'm dead. Like, yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I did. I went to get my, my, my DFE in, in hairdressing. And then I did all of my stages at that very salon where I'm working now, which is my home. And uh, the day I graduated, unfortunately, the team was full. So I had to find another salon. And that's where you and I met, met in the, at, the, at our salon. Oh, yeah. That's so crazy. Oh, it no, was... it's true. We met, we met in school, but like we worked together. Yeah. God, Nick, did you forget me already? Well, the the first time I met you, you were like eleven. So I was 16. sixteen. I was sixteen. Your hair 17. was down to your tushy, <laughs> and all natural. Mm. She's mm. not like that no more. Mm. Nah. Uh. She changed, Nuh-uh. honey. She changed. <laughs> She's a grown woman. <laughs> I remember in heritage school. I mean, at the time, you had just started dating your husband, Jeremy. Yeah. And I remember we were talking. You were like, yeah, I used to have a girlfriend. And I was like. Yes. I was like, what? Because you were like, but I'm gay. <laughs> I was so A hundred percent. Tell us about that. And tell us about your coming out to your mom and like everything. Um, and today, actually, on what, what, what date are we? The 11th? Yes, the of 10th? October. Yeah. The 11th of October, it's actually an international coming out story day. Oh my God. Yes. Tell us your, your story. Yay! I want to know. Uh, so mine was very simple. Um, so I had a girlfriend in high school. Yep. Yeah, and for all through my high school until uh, grade 11, uh, broke up in November. And I remember this very vividly. We broke up on November 20th of 2006. And um, broke up, broke my heart, um, went and got my hair dyed. Like we all do after a good breakup, and um, my hairdresser, uh, uh, my my mentor now, Lori, Laura, um, she, I was very sad and I was crying, and she's like, "Well, you know, maybe you're gay." <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> she's so blunt. I love it. <laughs> I love her. That's it. I'm like, well, maybe you're right. And she goes, oh, "Okay." And then we, she kept cutting my hair, and I said, "And thank you for coming." And Peyton left. And then I went home, and then. I, kind of toiled with that idea of maybe I am gay, maybe I'm not gay. I don't know. I did have a crush on this guy in high school. I thought it was normal that like you liked everyone, no matter what the gender. I was really in love with this girl. Um, So I was like, oh, maybe I just love everybody. I don't. Um, (laughs) Did you like, did you love her more as a platonic like friendship? No, no. Like I was ready to have babies. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was ready to. Have you were like straight, closet. straight. Yeah, I was in. I was deep in the closet. I was so far <laughs> deep. <laughs> no, I, I don't. You know what? I think. I think too. It's not because I was in the closet. I think it, I was really in love with this woman and and girl because we were sixteen, but woman. I was really in love with this woman, and I really saw us like we had a beautiful chemistry together. Even at sixteen years old, let's be honest here. Sixteen. All you're doing is pretty much like humping like rabbits all day long but like our, our relationship i guess because i was gay wasn't all based on that whole part that whole sex part 
us was really, really like a supporting relationship. Like I always felt I was a little bit older because of that, but that's just, that's just another, I guess that's the whole daddy issue being grown up faster. Um, and for us, we, we, we had a beautiful relationship. I was in love with her. So when we did break up, broke my heart, got my hair dyed, Lori told me I was gay. And then, not told me I was gay, asked me if I was gay. You gay. <laughs> you gay. <laughs> As a fellow hairdresser, yeah, of course we say that to our clients. You gay. No. Uh, uh, we, we talked to, I went home when, I didn't come out until I was in college, until my, my first semester in college. And I had this guy who... Uh, started flirting with me at uh, the cafeteria at John Abbott. And I was, like, I was like, oh, honey, you're cute. Yeah, that's nice. Okay, I don't, I don't hate it. <laughs> and, uh, and then I was like, oh, maybe this is what I like more than girls because I was not getting it on with any girls in college. Girls were icky. Um, they broke my heart. They were icky. <laughs> they were icky. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so... Started dating this guy, never told my mom, and then came home one day and we were in the kitchen, in the same apartment, uh, in the kitchen, and I said, uh, mom, I'm bisexual. And my mom looked at me and without missing a beat, she goes, no, pick one. I'm dead. So she knew, like, she knew. (laughs) She's like, mom, I'm bisexual. She's like, no, pick one. And I was like, uh, okay. Okay, like flabbergasted, like I didn't know, like I wasn't even crying. I was like, "I'll come back to you on that one." Then <laughs> let me get back to you. Hold that thought. Yeah, exactly. yeah, hold on. Let me just go see my history real quick. Let me let me just uh, break it down. And uh, yeah, so I came back maybe like an hour or so later, and I said, "Mom, I'm you're right. I'm gay." And she's like, "Oh, okay, cool." Uh, so what do you want me to do? And I was like love me but that, that's not what she meant at the moment what right she meant was what would you want me to do to support you in that very moment right and and i didn't know because i was i was 18 so a few months goes by and i'm dating this guy and and still haven't told my mom and i still haven't sh- like my mom always said don't bring home Back then was uh, every uh, Julie, Caitlin, uh, Caitlin, uh, uh, Tara, and Tao, and don't bring any just any girl home. Bring the people that you want me to meet, and I will, you know, be invested in the relationship. And I was like, oh, okay, no problem. So same thing for guys. And she's like, don't bring home any uh, Tom, Dick, or Harry just because <laughs> uh, you, you know they're they're just there, you know. And I was like, oh, okay, no problem. So I met this guy. Was with him for a while. I knew he wasn't going anywhere, so I never, I never presented it to her. But my mom, what the cool part about my mom now being older was, she went and researched the sex talk for a gay. I love person. that. So she knew more things about gay world than I did, and it was super awkward because I had the sex talk twice. I'm not only ah! with girls, but I had it with guys. Um, and my mom was like super, super open about it. And it was always like open door policy. You let me know, um, talk to me about it. If you have any questions, like we'll go together. And like, my mom was like super supportive. Like, yeah, my, my, my coming out story is kind of boring, but that's That's not boring at all. I, it's nice to hear coming out stories that aren't so heartbreaking, like that way it gives 
kids nowadays more hope, you know? Oh, but like now, now these queens are coming out so young, and that's amazing. Like, I know, I love it. The, I saw like a uh, on on Facebook last week was like an eight or nine year old. I'm gay, and I know I'm gay, and I was like, and so proud. Yes, yes. And I'm like high five, little queen. Go for it. Like it. It doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum. I find, yeah, now we do have a lot of forward thinking and and we're progressing as a as a as a community. But there's still there's still some backlashes, you know. There's still some people who are gonna hate, and that's fine. But uh, oh, younger, <laughs> me eighteen, I was scared. Uh, I know some people that came out when they were twenty in their twenties, late twenties, because they want to make sure they were financially stable. Um, yeah, like. <laughs> Like now queens are coming out younger. It's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. And it's so cool that they're so loud and proud. Like, I remember when I was in my teenage years and I was so scared and so confused. And, like, I knew that my, my mom wouldn't fully accept me. And she still kind of doesn't. But that's okay. I accept her for who she is. But, like, I was so scared. But now everyone, they're just like, yeah, whatever. This is this is who I am. And if you like it, you, you like it. If you don't, you don't. They're so, like, it is what it is. And you don't have to roll with me. And they're so confident in themselves, you mm-hmm. know? 100%. And I think it's because the, the reach of, of, like, like iconic shows like RuPaul's Drag Race and, and all that LGBTQ world is so now mainstream that it's, like, you're looking at this show. Uh, is it Pose? Um, I think it's called Pose, the one with Billy Porter. Um, like all these shows that are showing the the, and I hate this word, but the normality of being gay and how it's okay. Yeah. Um, I just hate. I shouldn't be. I, I hate that word normal. I think everyone's normal. Well, I, 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 everyone's weird in some way, shape, or form. But um, yeah, the mainstream of it and how it's so there is amazing. I, I agree. Honestly, like, I'm I'm just so glad to see that. And I'm, see, that's why I, I love that you're telling your coming out story that, you know, back in the day, there were also parents who were supportive too. It wasn't all bad coming out stories back when we were growing up, you know? There were some parents who were supportive. Not all, but there are some, and your mom was, like, one of the lucky few, you know? My mom didn't, didn't really care. She's like, okay, pass the salt. I'm, pass- I'm hungry. Like. <laughs> Give me the salt. Why are you talking right yeah, now? We're eating. Like, we're eating like come on stir the eggs and call it a day um but yeah so like that was my mom but the thing is with coming out as well is like the way that this is how i was i was explaining it one day is like you yourself is a puddle or a lake or a pond whatever you want to call it you're a body of water and then your coming out story is one drop in your whole history of your life and that drop makes a ripple right and the closer you are from the drop, the bigger the the elevation of the ripple is. And as you get further out, the easier it becomes and then it subsides to nothing. So when I came out to my mom, I thought because it was the initial drop, it would have been catastrophic. Oh my God, it's going to be so hard. I'm going to, I'm going to lose my mom. She's going to hate me. And uh, it wasn't, it was like, Super, super easy. And then I told my grandmother, uh, God bless her soul, um, my grandma was like, oh, you know your friend Chloe? And I was like, yeah, we have her moving in together. And then I'm really excited. And she's like, well, you guys make a nice couple. And I was uh, like, uh. mom, grandma, I'm gay. And she's like, oh, 
oh. Oh. Okay. And I was like, on that note, I'm going to go upstairs because I was in their apartment. I'm going to go upstairs and mom's going to call you. So I went upstairs and told my mom. My mom my, my said, you might want to call grandma because I just told her I was gay. And my <laughs> mom's like, <laughs> just letting you know. I, my, my mom was like, okay. So she, I went upstairs, went into my room. She came downstairs and talked with my grandma for a few hours. But my grandma was, there's always like a... That generational gap was was still very apparent even as I got older. There was a couple of fights where we got me and my grandma, and she said a couple of words that she just thought was okay. Um, and uh, yeah, but no, I love everyone was very supportive. I, come on, you look at me and you think straight? No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Did you think deep down, like you knew though, when you were when you were younger, like you knew you were gay, you just weren't like ready to kind of come out of the closet like you said like did you feel like oh, deep yeah. down you knew yeah oh yeah did you always you have know, boy like, crushes going up type of thing first of all let's just put it out there real quick my first boy crush was gaston in beauty and the beast oh my god yes yes i love you that was that. my first that was my i was like i'm gay <laughs> Yes. Uh, I think I'm. Yeah, we're yeah we're still telling it in my ear right now. Yes, gay. Okay. Yeah, perfect, yeah. Perfect. Yes, we're gay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. So I knew something was at a young age. We we know because we all go through the period of like self discovery and mm-hmm. what we're we're thinking and what we're doing and 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 whatnot and. Uh, self-discovery when that movie came out and Gaston and this is the line that just sent me was um every latch inch of me is covered with hair and then and then and then I was like you know like that and then he pops his hair he pops his chest out and he's like a manly chest and I was like this is it this is what I want this is what I want uh yeah so I knew very young but I did fall in love with this girl um and I was in love with her and it kind of changed the needle right and then came back over came back to and um i remember yeah you just said that you had moved in with chloe i totally forgot about that when did yeah. you guys move, when did you guys move in together was it during stage or like in the timeline i know it's the, it's the day i quit <laughs> school oh my god that, yeah that day was like i'm done school my mom said move out or get a job actually said get a job and then move out and i was like oh, okay cool and uh called Chloe and Chloe and I have she's back in the country now which is amazing so we're well, not during this beautiful pandemic but we we hung out a lot um and uh we <laughs> we moved in together and it was like a sitcom from uh Will and Grace every day it yes. was uh, it was like those type of things she would cook I would clean I would clean she would cook like it, I would cook she would clean it was just like we had a beautiful a relationship for the for the year that we, the year that we lived together, and then I went back to school into hairdressing. So it was that year before hairdressing. So I was twenty. So it was like a leap year 21. to like discover yourself and have fun in your twenties. Yeah. And I'm assuming you were dating. You had your fun. No, nope. no. Oh no, nope. uh, no. I never had those years. I went from a sta- stable relationship to stable relationship. So you're um, very like serial monogamous type of person. Oh, honey, I don't share. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't share, and he doesn't share mm-hmm. food either, guys. Just so y'all no, know. No, no, I've I gotten smacked many food. times. <laughs> oh, don't touch my food. 
You get so angry. Oh, you don't understand. <laughs> I can talk about this conversation off air, but like, I, you don't even understand about food. Don't touch my food. <laughs> That's pretty much it. But yeah, uh, it was like, uh, you had no, your I first was... relationship like in Sejip that wasn't super serious, and then you moved in mm-hmm. with Chloe. Did you like? And then I, I no, I then I had another relationship. Oh, was it before we moved in? I had another serial serious relationship for a year. So I guess that was yeah. That was, oh, I don't remember now. Oh, my time was getting all smudgy. Yeah, so I had another serious relationship before I met uh, my husband. And then uh, broke up with him. We were together for a year and then um, tried to date. Mm. I am so awkward. Like, I can be really, like, fluent in, like, being normal. But, like, dating? Mm-mm. But you're good at flirting. <laughs> I remember you... Mm-mm. Stop Nuh-uh. it. Yes. Nuh-uh. I remember Nuh-uh. when I first started dating... I didn't know how to flirt and you're let me teach you. You couldn't teach me because I'm super awkward, but you, you're good. <laughs> I know, but between two awkward people, we, we tend to not be so awkward. You know what I mean? Mm, yes. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. But it yeah, cancels out. Relationship. Exactly. exactly. It neutralizes it. Uh, it's, it's a toner. Um, it's a toner. What <laughs> <laughs> like hairdresser talk. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I had a serious relationship with this one gentleman, one guy who was my age. And then I actually brought Chloe to one of my dates. Like, I think my first date with this guy, Chloe was there. And then and then we were together for a year, but he lived like on the other side of Montreal, mm. like way far. And um, I was still at home at that time. And then we moved out and then I broke up with him. And then, now my time went back, it's, it's back. And then, Moved in with Chloe for a year. I think if it was from my 20 to my 21. And then at my 21th birthday, I, we started school um, that year. Like that, that, that. Were you only year. 21? In, okay. Mm-hmm. In my head when I was 16. Okay. I don't want to be mean. So but old. I thought you were 30. <laughs> yeah. I, I literally I, thought you were 30. Because I'm balding. <laughs> it's because that's why we're you can no. never tell <laughs> no but i think it's just because like of the way you are the way you present yourself too i felt like you're very good at very confident and very sure of yourself and i was 16 so i was a child so i didn't know f- i know shit so oh my god tao tao was so shy like getting her to talk was the trick now is to get her to shut up that's the trick oh god <laughs> like she tao was like how do you like this she's like uh-huh that's all we had at the beginning was just like little squeaky sounds every so often. And then and then we taught her French and then her first word in French word, do you remember? Yes. Say oh it. My, oh my <laughs> 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 I was like golden in a hair salon, voulez-vous un café, you're good to go. Clients will love you. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and that's all I knew how to say. And I, I remember clients staring at me and they're like, Why are you calling me vous? And I didn't understand like why they would be offended <laughs> and now and <laughs> i went back and i was like nick they're they're offended like they're, i'm saying it right and he was like yeah but you're calling young people old yeah <laughs> two if you're talking to me two and then if you're talking to old folks then you say boo mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, we we <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Just reminiscing in my head. <laughs> I know it's because we've known each other for so long. There's so many memories. But yeah, I always like in my head. You were always so much older. It's kind of crazy that in high school you're actually really young. You're only 21. I actually didn't know that until today. <laughs> like literally until today. So tell well, us you think how about it. I, I had to. I had to force my mom. Well, not force. I had to tell off my mom for me to go to hairdressing school. So like. I fought for this job. I fought for this career. I made sure that I was there at school. And <clears throat> Tao and I were like the oh, one of the, we were like maybe what, four or five of us that were always there at school. Mm, like every single thing that we that school had, we were there whether we wanted it or not because we were so dialed into this career. Um, but yeah. Why wasn't your why didn't your mom want you to be a hairdresser? It was it um she didn't think that it was a career. Like I feel like a lot of parents don't think it's a actual um, career. They think of it as a hobby. That, that one is a little bit on the personal side. I don't think my mom wants me to share that. But let's just say it's the reason of a divorce. Mm. Okay, it's a reason of divorce. I understand. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> let's just let's just put it that way. And and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a reason for their divorce that's pretty much it and that's why you guys that's had a lot of you, you had how'd you convince her to be like i don't care i had to yeah uh, there, she had a very bad view on hairdressers uh female uh mostly because of her husband because of my dad um and uh yeah it was uh <laughs> it was turned down every time i'm like mom i really want no okay okay Okay. And then I said to her, I don't care about you and you, what you're living through. I need to do this for me. And I was working, um, I, I sound emotional, but I was working at IGA for six, six or seven years, and, and, uh, which is our, uh, our grocer in the area. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't, I can't be a cashier. I, can't, I need to go back to school and get my stuff done, and I want to be a hairdresser. So I said to my mom, I brought the paper over, signed in, I paid for it. And I said, I'm moving back in like for school. And I, that's when I started dating Jeremy. Oh yeah. That last, that was that last three months of me living with Chloe. I started dating Jeremy and I said, um, I'm moving back in. I'm going to school. Here's your bill. And thank you for coming. Here's your bill, mother. <laughs> exactly. You built her. You paid here's my bill for my school and then you'll thank me later and then there you go and i'm sure she's proud of you now i mean you've gone so far in your career you bet you're amazing uh, how did you and jeremy meet did you guys meet through friends no no i don't remember no. jeremy jeremy is a, a a downtown guy and i am like more of a going horseback riding guy so like our worlds were never going to cross together. This is true. Um, okay, yeah, this is true. <laughs> ever. Um, so he actually, we met online um, on, on a dating site. And I stalked him shamelessly for two months. And, yes. Um, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And uh, went for, and I was in school. Oh, was I in school? Yeah, I was in school. And um, you can attest to this. I, I. I was in love. Like yes, I knew I this remember. guy was my husband. Like he wasn't a a, a moment in my my pond or or a moment in my bed of water. He, I'm like this is my this is my fish. Like this is my person. Like 
He's my crab. You're the lobster. My lobster. <laughs> yeah, he's my lobster. Exactly. <laughs> I love that you. I love that you picked that up even before. I <laughs> if you don't know what this means, you have to go watch Friends. <laughs> Just let me know. <laughs> that was amazing. Um, yeah. So he he was my lobster. He's he's my forever person. He's he's my person. He's he's my person. <clears throat> Excuse me. I choked because I laughed so hard. <laughs> such a perfect movement anyways yeah i remember because when we were in hairdressing school when you guys were dating i had thought that the way you had talked about him i thought you had been together for a long time no it, it was the most i mean relationships you know this relationships are hard they're they're work but it was the most easiest and fun and organic beginning of relationship that I've ever lived with a guy before. Um, and I, yeah, he's, he's just my person. <laughs> That's pretty much what I can say. He's my person. I ain't going nowhere and he ain't going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> you're trapped, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're listening to this, you're screwed. <laughs> it's done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember... In Hedge Squatch, I literally remember how in love you were. And I think in reality, you had only been together for like a couple of months, but you're you already were like, I'm planning my wedding day. And I remember too, you had already started calling him your husband. Uh-huh. You were my husband. Yeah. And it wasn't my he wasn't my husband, he was my husband. husband. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's my husband. <laughs> I, I know, and you were so like sure. You what was the moment when you met him that you just knew? Like, did you lay eyes on him the first time and you knew, or it was more of like getting to know him that you knew he was the one? Um. So, <laughs> so uh, he's from Lachine. So for me, that's downtown. <laughs> it's really not, but it, it, for us, for us West Island folk, Lachine is downtown. And uh, I made him made him come and pick me up at my apartment with where Chloe and I lived. And he's like, "Man, it's out in the boonies! <laughs> like, oh my god, so far, like it's all country." And like, Vaudrey was like getting there. We're, we got our Walmart, so we were popular. And um, <laughs> he picked me up, got into the got into his car, went to the Duke in the Vines. I think it's. Is that, is that the one? Is that the one? In, uh, Duke and the Vines. I would say Duke and the Vines. Um, and uh, he got out of the car and this tall drink of water, um, tall drink of water came out of the car and I was like, this is my husband. You looked at him and you're like, excuse me. Wow. <laughs> this is it. I was like, and done. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's all there is to it. That's amazing. And how long have you and Jeremy been together for eight years oh my god that's crazy eight years but how many years married three three I remember um before he had Tao was my Tao was my maid of honor but she refused to say so no that's too much pressure I don't like that word (laughs) (laughs) well it's done now (laughs) I still don't (laughs) I remember before you had gotten got engaged and do you remember you telling me the story of how he went to the medium? Yeah. Oh my yeah. god! Tell so, everyone that was like yeah. crazy. <laughs> so so 
uh, he decided to go, because if I'm mistaken, I think one of his grandparents passed away during that, that time and his, his parents weren't in, in the country, they were in the States. And he talked about uh, this girl who went to see a medium, blah, blah. She's apparently, she's really good. She's downtown. You should go see her. You should go see her. And he finally went and the woman opens the door and the first thing she says to him, she's like, what are you waiting for? You know, he's the one. Would you just pop the question already? And Jeremy's like, uh, okay. Like, how crazy is that? Months, right? And then a few months later, he proposed. Like, that's <laughs> insane. Just, yeah. And she's like, you know, he's the one. Just stop, stop dicking around and just let's stop, go. Like, stop dicking around, Jeremy. Get it, get it <laughs> like, together. Just marry him already. And I was like, yay. And then what? what was I, a disclaimer, I did not call her. <laughs> I did not call her. It was all her. It was I'm all not she that. knew. Yeah, exactly. She knew. And um, how long after did he propose after when he went to medium? It wasn't long oh. after. It was in the winter season. Mm. It, I don't know if it was the beginning. Like, he proposed to me, if I'm not mistaken, on... You think I remember this. I think he proposed to me on, on January 2nd. Yes, I remember. Or 3rd. Mm-hmm. Or third, and uh, he went like at the beginning of winter, just before winter hit, type thing. So it was that it within that timeline of maybe six to eight months. Yeah. Do you want to tell Ish. everyone your cute story of how he um, proposed to you? Uh, do you want my version or his version? <laughs> <laughs> I want both. Well, I guess more my version. version. Let's go with your my version. My version is way better. Your <laughs> it's version, way more romantic. It. Uh, it's, it's very simple. We were about to, we were leaving on the 11th of January to go to Disney World, which would have been my first trip as a, an adult and, um, uh, going to Disney, go figure. But, um, we woke up from a nap. I woke up from a nap on the 2nd of January and he wasn't home and my dog wasn't home. And I'm like, where is everybody? Like the, the, the apocalypse hit and, and everything is gone and opened the window and it's like snowing this way. And like, I was like, Oh great. <laughs> Don't know where he is, but let me see what's happening. So he comes home and I'm sitting in the bedroom and I'm folding up my laundry to pack for uh, Disney. And in Canada in January, it's minus 45. And in Florida in January, it's like plus 22. So it's not the same type of weather that we're shopping for. So I'm folding up all of my shorts and uh, my socks and my underwear. And I'm having grand old time. And I'm really excited about the trip. And he comes in and then he says hi, rushes to the bathroom, closes the door and locks it. Oh my God. And I was like, oh my God, he's sick. <laughs> Do you have gastro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Exactly. Oh my God. He's sick. Like, uh, what the hell? And I can hear rustling in the, in, in the, in the bathroom. And I was like, that's so weird. And then he comes back out and he's like pale looking and like schwitzing a little bit. And I was like, well, we live on the fourth floor with stairs. So I'm guessing he's schwitzing because of the stair thing. So I was like, oh my God, like he's sick. So he comes into the room and he goes, okay, I'm going to cook us dinner. And I said, oh, okay, no problem. But you know, as kids, when your parents say to you, like, go clean up the kitchen and all you do is like slam dishes, like just pretending that you're actually 
doing something, but you're not. Yeah. So I can see I can see my kitchen from my bedroom where I was in our condo. And I was like, you're not even cooking anything. Like, why are you saying you're cooking food if you're not doing anything? And then he runs to the bathroom again, closes the door, locks it again. And I'm like, this is it. This is it. It's second wave. Like, oh my God, it's gonna, it's gastro. Like, oh, and so the first thing I do is I open his laptop. How to change person on a ticket to Disney. And then my brain <laughs> went to. You were like, I'm still gonna go. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go. And I'm like, I'm going to my mom's house. I'm sleeping there for the week. Like, uh-uh. Like, I took vacation. I am going. So, and and I thought, and this is the God on this too. I thought, like, who can I bring with me? So I was like, Tao, please make sure. Uh, I don't think she's busy. It's January. I think we're all quiet. It should be fine. I'm like, hey, Tao, come with me and she'll be fine. And I'll tell her I'll pay everything and we'll go, you know? And I'm like still Googling it. And then Jeremy comes into the room and I'm like on my laptop and focusing on my underwear at the same time, folding and, and typing. And, like, <laughs> and he comes in and he goes, um, oh, babe, uh, do you think I should wear this shirt? And I was like, I, sure. And I kind of looked away and he goes, no, babe, look at me. Do you think I should wear this shirt to Disney? And, I, and my thought process was, he has vomit on his shirt and why is he showing it to me? <laughs> <laughs> right? Because I'm thinking gastro, right? I'm like, this is it. Like, he has, like, I, you think I wear the shirt? Like, uh, like, uh, you know? Like, I'm like, oh, my, this, this is the visual I'm having the whole time he comes into the room, you know? And I was like, ah, sure, fine, whatever. And I'm cute. I'm, and then he finally said, Nicholas, look at me. And I turned around and I'm like, what? And I was like, frustrated with him. And on his shirt, was a vintage Mickey Mouse that was uh, his usual pose. And underneath that, on his on his shirt, was written, marry me with a question mark. Oh. And I was like, a what? A what? And then he came over. And then I, and the disclaimer, I really wanted a flash mob in Disney to be proposed to. Or like, being proposed in Disney. But Jeremy was too nervous to travel with the ring and whatnot. Which is fine. And uh, he <laughs> he got down on one knee, took the box out, took the ring out, and said, I, "This is what he's. I think this is what I remember." Uh, I looked into the flash mob. I looked into doing it at Disney, but this is exactly where I want to be in our room, the two of us in our pajama with our dog forever and always. Will you marry me? Oh my god! And I was like, so cute. Yeah right super adorable but you're being proposed to is weird just fyi your brain doesn't work you're you're like <laughs> confuffled <laughs> yeah i was like because i'm still i'm still on like gastro right like that's that's where my brain is still is right it's not at, like i'm being proposed that it's he has gastro and i have to call Tao and get her ass to disney you know what i mean like so and then he puts a ring on and then he goes what do you say? I said, sure. Oh my God. And then I said, I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. I totally remember that now. <laughs> he put the ring on and I was like looking at it and I'm like, I don't know. 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 And I'm looking at him and I'm looking at my dog and I'm looking at the condo and I'm looking at him and he's like, I don't know what. I don't know. Oh my God. I don't know. And he's like, do you want to call your mom? I don't know. 
do you want to call your sister? I don't know. Do you, because I, 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 I'm guessing you were aware because he goes, do you want to call Tao? And I said, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. For about a good 25 minutes. I don't know. And then he's like, okay, let's go to your mom's. I was like, I don't know. There so you go. I'm in, <laughs> yeah, I'm in my like cute little short shorts because it's warm in the condo because we're on the fourth floor. So I'm in my shorts and he's like, okay, put your pants on. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I put my put my pants on and I don't know. And I and I I he puts my coat on and then he, I walk out no boots. So I he has to like Nick your boots and put my boots on. I had no socks on. Very, very important. Uh, and put my boots on, went to the car, went into the car. And I'm like, I'm not crying. I, I, it's like just weird. Just. You're shook. Weird. You're yeah, so like shook. It's just, it, it was so strange. So get into the car, go to my mom's, walk in. And I look at her and she's like, and? I don't know. And she's like, I don't know. I'm so happy. And then I started crying. Oh, you cry with your mom when it like hit you that you're like, holy shit, this is fucking real. I was like, oh my God. So, so yeah. So there you go. I And then I proposed to him. He asked me in January. I proposed to him in April 22nd, our wedding date for the year before. And um, his word, so mine was, I don't know. And his word was what? How did you propose to, to Jared? Oh, super cliche, like petals on the floor and um, I'm a hopeless romantic. Candles everywhere. It was, uh, it was on the Friday. He was supposed to be home for like four. He decided to show up around three. And then I called his parents. He called me saying, oh, I'm on my way home. And I'm like, uh, and I was, we were leaving the next day for a show as a, as a plateau artist. I was leaving the next day for a show and, uh, I told him I have off on the Friday. I'm going to go debrief with the, one of my coworkers to make sure we're on the same page for the show. Blah blah. Wasn't true. Went to get the ring, um, and then had like fifty thousand candles everywhere. Major fire hazard. And um, I called his dad and I said, "You need to make him turn around because I'm not home yet." And he's like, "Okay." So he called uh, his dad. Called him. Said, "You need to come and help me now." Like, and Jeremy's like all frustrated. Like, I may go home. Like, yeah. Like, I don't want to do this. And, and then I was still not done. So I called him and I said, can you pick up bread, uh, tomatoes, uh, cucumber, uh, a steak? Uh, and he was like, but we're leaving tomorrow. I'm like, yeah, but we need dinner for tonight, even though dinner was already planned. He's like, yeah, okay. So he comes home and <laughs> his bag and, and work stuff and blah, blah, blah. And, and it was finally five, which is what I wanted. And then, uh, he came in and our our wedding dance song was playing in the background. There were flowers all over, uh, real flowers. Um, and his box was at the end of the aisle. And I was there waiting for him. And he's like, what? 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 And I was like, get down on one knee. I open the thing and I say, now you know how I felt when you proposed to me. We all deserve to feel this. So Jeremy, will you marry me? And he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> put the ring, exactly, put the ring on. And, and he's like, what? 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 And I was like, yeah, I don't know what. There. <laughs> I don't know in what. Did you, yeah, were, you were you stressed trying to plan that too? Uh, no, I'm not a very stressed out person, just in general. 
like you, I mean, I don't even know if you remember this. Like, I was like, I'm proposing to Jeremy tonight. <laughs> oh my god, yes! And I was like, I what? Like, oh my god, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous for you. I'm like, everything's fine. <laughs> I remember you were um, when you're planning we're at work. his ring, and you're looking at like the band, and we're looking at it together mm-hmm. on Pinterest, mm-hmm. and like, mm-hmm. and then you went into like wedding planning mode, and you were like. Mm-hmm. I want this, this, and this, and I want to pay less than this amount. And you made it. I think you said you yeah. wanted to pay. I don't forget how much you wanted to be. You wanted to pay less than a certain amount. And um, I, we wanted to pay less than 15K. Yeah. And we did, we did that. Mm. And then we were able to uh, make a profit uh, at, at the end of the wedding. Yeah, that was but, like, such a beautiful day. Our, our, my, my wedding looked expensive, which was what I wanted. And like, how was one of my bridesmaids. And uh, sorry maid of honor oh stop. she was my maid of honor and uh we paid for you guys's dress so like i didn't have a three thousand dollar dress even though i wanted one i didn't have a three thousand dollar dress to wear at my wedding i had a suit that was like uh 200 or something uh yeah like 150 or 200 dollars because i have a friend who's a who's a designer for me so that was amazing um shout out to jerry um and we went to get your guys dresses and everyone you know being a bridesmaid is like expensive or a groomsmaid that's how we called you guys uh it's expensive so we decided to pay part of your dresses and i think yours turned out to like what like 50 bucks it was like at the end of it all i think it was like 70 dollars because you paid for half and the dress itself wasn't expensive it was actually very cheap no it wasn't done i know one of the bridesmaids she paid ten dollars for her dress stop it who (laughs) kel kelly stop it I, we gave everybody everybody a hundred dollars toward the dress, and uh, hers was like a hundred and ten. And she's like, "Whoa, nice!" Like I said, "This is your budget. Do whatever you want. Like this is a hundred dollars for everyone, and you just have to pay the difference." And then uh, I think yours was like sixty or eighty. I think Chloe was like maybe ninety dollars or six, like between sixty and ninety. And then Kelly was like ten or ten or thirty bucks. I, I would say something like that. But we did that to everybody, and our our suits for our guys were they were free because we were giving the same amount. So we were like, here's a hundred dollars. Here's where you get your suit. And there you go. We had so much fun. Too. I remember alone. going, me, you and Jeremy going to that place to try on dresses. Do you remember? Yeah. I still have my dress. Yeah. I don't think yeah. I fit it anymore, but I still have it. And it's such a cute well, dress. I'm sure we feel we, we don't fit in it, but we fill it out more. Oh, Oh, I like that. Yes. I don't need to fit in things. I just fill it up more. <laughs> I'm more to love. <laughs> so how how long have you been in this industry for? I feel like it's been a long time. Me and you have been in the industry for eight years. Eight years and nine years on in in August of next year. Yeah. Oh my god! Really? I thought it was like seven. Yeah. I am not good at math. I've been saying seven. No, this is our eighth year. Oh my god! We're in our we're in our eighth year now. Oh. Right? Oh. I don't know. God. I'm 30, 22. Yeah, so eight years. Yeah, because oh I graduated when I was 22. Yeah. That's crazy. And I'm sure you've seen this, but like the industry has changed so much since we've started. And now, do you have any like advice for any hairdresser out there that's starting out or something that you think you've learned along the way, the eight years that you've been in the industry? Uh, yeah, So, so I had a... 
I'll say privileged, but it's not not really the right word I'm looking for. But I had a I had a very different start than most hairdressers. I graduated school in hairdressing um, with being a plateau artist uh, for. Um, uh, Danico. I had a little brain fart there for Danico and I was on stage within the first year of my career which is absolutely amazing very rare and absolutely amazing and I was I was very fortunate for that so I I, I always say because I do go back to the school to Gordon Robertson I do go back to the school and talk to the to the to students and I always say this everything takes time but the time that you take and you put in will give you the reward that you want so if you're going to half-ass it, you're going to get a half-ass career. If you're going to put in the time and be there, then you are going to get what you're going to what you're going to do. So I wanted this career. I wanted to be a hairdresser. I fought for this education. I fought for this career and I got what I wanted. I was able to be a plateau artist for Danico. I am now an educator for Red Kids. Yes. Um, uh, you know what I mean? Like I had assistants uh, and associates. I don't like assistants, but I had associates in, in our in our salon where Tao and I used to work together. And I trained them to get them on their chair um, with a program that was very specific. And, I, and, and that for me was very, very fun and, and, and teachable moment, not only for them, but for myself as well. So I always say, put in the time and you'll get what you need to do. It's not a now thing. I, I think with social media and Facebook, we get our likes right away. We get our, 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 our followers up and we get our Facebook things up. In real life, it's not the same. You and I know this. There's a lot of sitting around at the salon on your chair, not getting money in because unfortunately there's no walk-in that day and there's no clients and you didn't book anything. And, and, and that part sucks. But when you're on stage, which is the salon floor, work. Get yourself a mannequin, work. Let people see what you do, work. Never be behind in the, in the uh, staff, room. staff room. Yeah. Staff room. Don't be in the back in the staff room. Be on the floor, be present, talk to the clients, engage. Especially now that we can't see our faces, and half of our half of our, our face is covered because of our masks. You need to be able to be there. Our eyes are our windows to our soul, and we know this. But you need to be able to be there in the front and talk to clients. And how are you doing today? And how are this? And even try to remember what they were talking about the last time and bring it up with the client. If you're if you're an assistant and you're and you're shampooing a client, I usually say shampoo time is quiet time. But when you're bringing it back. That, that little, let's say, 40 feet between the shampoo bowl and the, and the stylist chair, that at the 40 feet, you have time to make an, a major impression with, with the client. So if you can recollect what they talked about slightly on the last conversation, then you're golden. Like, be there. Be present. Be engaging. S smile. Can't see it, but smile with your eyes. Smiles, um, yes. Smiles. Yeah, exactly. Smiles. But like be there. It's 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 going to be an industry that is going to evolve right now. Like our whole education process with Redkin as well is changing, um, and it's it's going to be interesting. It's it's going to be fun. And 
you know, it's funny because I remember being in hairdressing school, you were always like, I, I know what I want in my career and I want to be on stage. And I don't think <laughs> you're happier anywhere else if you're not on the stage teaching other hairdressers. I think that's where you shine. Like I've seen you on stage and you literally shine so much. I could see that you're so happy. And I remember when you had the, the lull between the Danny Co and you didn't go on stage for a while yeah. and you quit. And like you missed it so much. It was stressful. Yeah, I remember I thought, how yeah. I remember how stressed you were. It's it's a lot of work, and the pay isn't exactly like the biggest amount of money. It's Mm-mm. the work you put in is more rewarding than anything. But you loved it. Did you see mm-hmm. if you were to go back at yourself at like twenty years old, and you see yourself now? What would you say to yourself? Uh, get into it faster. Um, it's gonna suck. It's going to suck hard. Um, you're going to get walked down by people, uh, walked down by people or walked on by people, actually. Um, but just ignore them because they're scared of what you can do. Um, I was very fortunate where we, when we, in Danico, um, we started with a very small Quebec team. Um so I was mostly on stage very, very often, and we were able to grow it uh, exponentially, and that was really, really fun. And then I decided to walk away from it because I didn't enjoy it anymore, and it was getting too hard for balancing my career as a hairdresser and as a plateau artist. I didn't want to choose between either one of them. So I kind of just took a step back and then focused on the salon one where I had to pay my bills versus the plateau artist that was just really just enjoyment like uh, fun um but i yeah like if i could see myself at 20 like at 20 i was in the hairdresser but let's say in school i if i was going to go talk to our class in school um i would say have fun and put in the time and uh, it's okay to throw up before we go on stage. <laughs> and and what are your goals now? Like what what do you what do you what what do you see yourself in like five years? What are your personal and career goals right now? Uh, I'll be thirty five. I have to think about that now. <laughs> You're still young, Nick. Thirty is young. Thirty is a new twenty. Five years from now, I'm gonna get uh, a little bit of Botox, a little bit of uh, fill- oh no, that's not what I'm talking about. I mean, uh, for career wise, in five years, uh, I wanna, I, 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 I wanna be where I hope to be in the Redkin industry. So I would love to be on stage if the pandemic ever lifts and we're able to be um, on stage again. Uh, I would love to be on stage with the Redkin crew and the Redkin educator and get myself there. So, like, there's a lot of um, behind the scenes now. There's a lot of studying. There's a lot of studying uh, happening in that program. And um, it's very, very fun and very interesting to see the behind the, the behind the curtain and how people are so dedicated to their craft and how you have to be on top of that. Um yeah, five years from now, I'm going to be a, a plateau artist. I will have either a YouTube channel or an access channel. 
um, which is our with two platforms where you can actually get education um, with them. Um, yeah, five, yeah, five years, and hopefully be a dad in 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 somewhere in there somehow. Somewhere in there, yes. Honestly, <laughs> like I'm I'm so excited. When you told me you're like I'm with Redkin, I was like, oh, finally! I remember being like, Nick, just fucking do it. Just me, Jeremy would be yeah. like, just fucking do it. I know you can, and it's gonna make you so happy. Just do it. You were so nervous, but I'm I'm honestly now yeah. I'm so excited to see like you in the future in your career on stage. I'm excited for the day. I know it's gonna happen. I'm excited for the day to see you on stage when I'm at a Redkin show, and I'm excited <laughs> to be an at hopefully soon. Wink, 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 oh. wink, wink. <laughs> oh, sure. You want to be an ant, but being made of honor, that freaks you out. <laughs> I love you so much. Thank you for taking your time out of your day to be on my podcast. This is so fun. And maybe we'll have you on again in person and not through Zoom. And we can actually give each other a hug. I know. I miss you. Thank you. You're very welcome, guys. I can't wait to 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 see all these new hairdressers coming out in the industry and 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 see where this whole whole world is going to go. Like the, the hairdressing industry, they always say it's a luxury, but you know what? Between you and me, it's a necessity for clients. We're not just hairdressers. We're also like best friends, uh, coworkers, therapists, uh, divorce attorney, all that stuff. Like we're everything with you guys. So. So when you have, when you're in the industry, you can do this forever, like ever. So keep on it. Can't wait to see you guys on the floor, on stage. Um, and uh, yeah, big kissy and hugs.